Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Master as he escapes the Vortex and arrives at episode 492. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm doing a little bit all right. Just winding down from getting graduation uh, invitations sent out this week and getting everything kind of finalized for Caitlin's graduation at the end of the month. High school graduation. Wow. Oh, good Lord, she can't be that old. Yeah, she'll graduate high school on the 22nd, and then she's here for the summer, and then she's gone next year off to Emporia State. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Time goes fast. You guys were talking about earlier before we started the show putting your little ones down, and I thought, well, I don't have to put mine to bed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Might go to bed whenever they're ready. <laughs> Although the, I will not tell you how envious I am. <laughs> uh, you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. I'll tell you, though, the, the youngest one, I probably ought to be putting him down to bed because he stays up way too late now. <laughs> sort of dragging in the morning when he gets up. Did you guys watch anything or do anything this week? I watched a lot, so maybe I should go last. Or I could go first. Um, I don't think I watched anything. I say real quick, We, uh, I have to tell the backstory to this. So Shy, of course, has been on the Scooby-Doo kick. Absolutely love Scooby-Doo. And uh, in the Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo uh, that they released last year, there's a big Halloween parade, and uh, it features guest stars. Um, Dr. Crane, Scarecrow, is actually in it, so they've tied it into the Batman universe. <laughs> and... Um, Bill Nye the Science Guy, <laughs> and Elvira. Elvira is the uh, parade grandmaster, hmm. or grandmistress, I guess would be the correct terminology for her. And she, of course, she introduces herself with, uh, you know, hey, it's that uh, cl- uh, the classy lassie with the sassy chassis, <laughs> which I got a chuckle out of. Um, and and Shy just fell in love with her. She thinks Elvira is the coolest character, <laughs> like ever, right? <laughs> Yeah. So then we were going to do something, and she points at the wall and goes, "Papa, that that's Elvira," because we've got we we met Cassandra Peterson at a convention. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's her." So the fact that she was able to make the leap from the cartoon to not that Elvira is hard to miss, but you know, <laughs> from, from the cartoon to live action, I thought to myself, well, "I wonder if she's ready for like Mistress of the Dark," which just came out on on uh, like a 4K Super Edition uh, Blu-ray. So I went ahead and bought it and, and brought it home. And then I started thinking about it. It's like, okay, I've seen this once, like years and years back when it came out. And I seem to remember, I mean, it's Elvira, so there's going to be a lot of sexual innuendo. Yeah. But it's PG-13 sexual innuendo, so it's probably not really all that bad. A lot of But I couldn't remember head. it. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I, th- I kind of thought most of it would fly over her head anyway. So I asked Mel about it, and Mel's like, I don't know, I've never seen it. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll try it out and see what happens. I'm like, okay. That's a great parenting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so how, we sat down how, to watch. How old is she again? She's five. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we sat down to watch Elvira Mistress of the Dark. And she loved it. She was right there with again, most of the most of the humor. I'd forgotten how just genuinely cute and funny that movie yeah, is. It is. Um but most of the humor was kind of over her head, but she was on board with the, you know. Uh, the antics and, and, and whatnot, and just the fact that Elvira is on screen, she was happy with. 
Uh, and Mel laughed quite a bit through it. She told me afterwards, she was like, I had no idea she was that funny. <laughs> um, until, and I don't know, I'm spoiling, I guess, for people who have not seen it, but the, the I don't think you can spoil concoction. a 25-year-old movie. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she's making the mystery concoction and uh, gets the recipe wrong. She's just kind of throwing whatever in the pot, and that claw thing comes up out of the pot. <laughs> Now, legit, this is not any worse than any Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah. I mean, it's such a fake-looking Muppet hand yeah. monster, right? Yeah. Shy, I think, was a little weirded out by that. She yeah. was glued. <laughs> she didn't screech in, but she sank back in the couch just a little bit further than normal. <laughs> and she kept waiting for it to return. So then the next scene, when Elvira makes it for the potluck for the whole town, Shy's, she's she's you know, coiled, ready for spring, it. Ready. <laughs> and it doesn't show up in that scene. So I think she was kind of like, okay, where is it? And she spent the rest of the movie worrying about the thing in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I, I, I would, I would count it as a success. Papa's still batting a thousand on, uh, on introducing her to movies. She probably shouldn't be watching, but <laughs> that gives me hope that, well, if she, she made it through Elvira, maybe now we're getting closer to being ready for star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the, the adults, we watched Nobody, and uh, this is the uh, Bob Odenkirk. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's it's John Wick. Right. And here, here, here's the funny thing. So, like, John Wick comes out, and I love John Wick, but I, I'm thinking to myself, man, there's just going to be a whole slew of John Wick imitators coming. And then we're going to get the John Wick parodies. And then we're going to, you know, I just, that's the, the routine with these things, whenever something makes popular. And this one, it's written by the same guy that wrote John Wick. And it's pretty much John Wick. I mean, it starts off and it does its thing and then, you know, inciting incident and then bump, 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 bump. And you know exactly where it's going. And then all of a sudden it throws a little, just a little curveball in it. It's like, oh, okay. And then it goes back to being John Wick and then it throws another little curveball in. It's like, oh, okay. It is hysterically funny. Hmm. And it, yeah, very graphic as you would expect. Mm -hmm. But it does just enough things different to not be... 100% John Wick. It's definitely cut from the same cloth. And the, the, the humorous bits work within the confines of the story, so it's not quite a parody. It, it, it genuinely, for as funny as it is, it's playing itself straight. It's being very serious about what it's doing. It just is doing it in a very humorous way. So it's not a, not a complete parody. We were really taken aback by how much we enjoyed this thing. Mm. Cool. So if, if anything along those lines is up your alley, give that one a try, because it was just a hoot. Kate, you said you watched anything. Did either of you guys watch the first episode of Bad Batch? I have not yet. Me neither. Well, that's what I did for Star Wars Day. Did you guys do anything for Star Wars Day? I watched the Simpsons short. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I would, I had intended to, to watch it that night, and then I got busy doing Oh, I think it was the night. No? I got busy doing something else last night. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I heard that was really cute, though. It is cute. Well, Bad Batch is a good start, so when you guys get around to seeing it, we'll have to talk about it. Because Bad Batch was the not the least of favorite of the final season of Clone Wars, but I wasn't particular. I mean, I thought that their storyline in the Clone Wars kind of got dragged out too long, and so I wasn't as wowed by them as everybody else was. And so I, I wasn't too excited about this new series, but it hits the ground running, and, and I really, really enjoyed the first episode, so I'm really excited for this this series now, so... So now, you guys would probably be better to, to ask then, am I crazy or did the Bad Batch make an appearance prior to season seven in Clone Wars? I thought maybe they had, 
I'm pretty sure they hadn't. No, I don't think yeah. so. There was there was a group of clones that were um I don't know how to, how to describe them. That they weren't they weren't like bad, but they they had some issues that they they, they think, weren't quite defective. Right. But. And I think this I think defective is the is the right term for them, but not quite as defective as as these guys. And I think that I read somewhere that that was that was Filoni got the idea to create the Bad Batch based on that storyline uh, okay. that, that happened. So it just seemed like even when I was watching season seven and they showed up, I thought, oh, these are those one guys. So maybe it's just <laughs> me filling in the blanks. Yeah, but. it could be, could be. Hmm. But I, I think you guys will like it. It was really good. It's it's very much in the spirit of the Clone Wars. So, uh, and then well, here let me run over my list here. Uh, I watched uh, The Thin Man from, uh, was it 1938, um, which is really, really good. A detective and his wife uh, get drawn. He's kind of retired from detective work, but he gets drawn back into a mystery. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very suspenseful, very funny. I'd never seen it. Uh, very, oh, really? Very, it was your yeah, first watch? Yeah, it was my first watch. So Sweet. Very good classic movie. I'm looking forward to continuing on the series because I guess there's five other films four other films yeah so they had such great banter yes they do their the, their chemistry is so good so good together i mean and you genuinely a lot of times you watch a an, an old movie specifically and they might have the right chemistry or they 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 might seem like a couple but these guys seemed like a married couple i mean like yeah. they they gelled that well that you really i would have believed that they were married in real life if i didn't know better it was so their pairing was so well done. It's it's on par with like uh, Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, here, here. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I watched uh, Senior Moment with uh, William Shatner and Christopher Lloyd and Gene Smart. How um, is it? It's cute. Uh, the writing is a bit amateurish, so it feels very straight to video. Um, but it's 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 got a nice little message, a nice little story. Uh, I think uh, William Shatner shines in it. He's he's really good. I I thoroughly enjoyed him. He's one of those actors that I mean he's like he's pushing ninety now, isn't he? Or maybe he's well, he's over ninety. I think he is ninety now, isn't he? Yeah, anyway, I think he's ninety. The guy does not. He's he is so with it. You you would not look at him and go, oh, that guy's ninety years old. He is just he is so together. He's so with it with it. He still has the acting chops. Uh, terrific, uh, Christopher Lloyd. It was fun, but he's not in it enough to really kind of make too much of an impression. Uh, but but what I you know what he is in the movie, I, I enjoyed. And Gene Smart was re- really great. So the performances were good. The story was just kind of you know saccharine, um, but it was cute. I enjoyed it. The trailer uh, didn't seem like maybe there was much to it. I think but... the the thing is, I, I I expected it to be a lot funnier than it was um it is funny it has some humorous moments but it's not rip roaring funny it's more subtle rom-com funny gotcha yeah Hmm. um and then i watched the magic christian which is a uh, ringo star and peter sellers film which is one of those wacky late 60s psychedelic kind of disjointed film experimentation type things um, but Peter Sellers gets a chance to do some really zany stuff and some accents and stuff. So it was that that was the highlight of that. And Ringo Starr is just kind of there. He's he just kind of doing his thing. Um, and then yeah, I, I, Bad Batch. I watched that. I uh, listened. I finished Dalek Universe uh, one, which I had the last story to listen to. I think last time I talked to you guys, 
uh, finish it up satisfactory ending ending on that while leaving you hanging for the next series that's coming out the next uh, Dalek Universe series that'll follow behind in a few months and then um, I played the Doctor Who uh, uh, mobile game uh, Lonely Assassins have you guys got a chance to play that yet? Ooh, no I have not it uh-huh. is a lot of fun this is the one that's the found phone game uh, where uh, uh, Osgood starts contact you you become a character in the game in, in, the, in the, the story and she contacts you uh, because you have found this phone and she needs information on the disappearance of this guy whose phone you have. And so you're led through a series of things that you have to do and you kind of have to it's it the, the game becomes almost like it's like it's your mobile device. So you'll have like a, a section where you can, where texts are a section where there's emails that, those kind of things and you have to go through and find different clues. Uh, you have to go uh, as you do things. Files in there that are scrambled will be de- decrypted as you go along. Uh, there's a couple of moments where you have to do some kind of, you know, quick things before something else happens. Uh, I didn't get that one done in time, but there's a fail-safe uh, part of the story that allows you to go on. I'd like to go back now and play it and see if I can actually now that I kind of know what I'm doing in that one area uh, where there's there's something that you have to do a lot of things before. A certain time you kind of timed on doing it that I didn't get done in time. I'd kind of like to go back, and I don't think that the outcome or the 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 story changes beyond that. But I have a feeling that there might have been a little bit of a different route before it got you know caught, caught backed up to where I was. So I'd I'd be curious to see if, if anything changes with that. But it's really cool. It, it's it's very well done. There is a lot a lot of original audio that 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 uh, she obviously recorded and then there's also a lot of its text based so she's texting back and forth with you so you don't have to have you know her voice they didn't have to have her voice as much as you would expect um, there's some video elements of it where that she is actually in that that still work within the the confines of the style of game it is because you're actually watching like a live think uh, live uh, video sync as it's happening at one point and she's involved so it's pretty cool i i really really enjoyed it it's uh i think it's only five dollars or something to download i can't i i pre-ordered it a long time ago so i can't remember what i paid for it but that's <laughs> i think it's either between five and six or seven dollars not bad and totally worth it totally worth it i sat down and played it all in one night but i it probably was about a three-hour game three or four-hour game so and I, you could Ooh, probably well. you could probably do it quicker, but that sounds like a pretty cool one. It's fun, uh, and I thought maybe I'd do a little more formal review of it, maybe on YouTube, uh, and and because I recorded a little bit of my gameplay. So that was it. I think I ran through everything. I did want to give a shout out because they just followed this this week, and I started listening to them. It's not Doctor Who related, but there's a podcast called the Video Junkyard Podcast, and it's some guys that kind of list. They kind of from what I can tell, uh, I've only listened to one episode, but from what I can tell, they review uh, old videos that are kind of either cult classics or B movies or ones you would find in a bargain bin. And it's it's three guys that uh, actually there's two regulars and then one guy that's kind of reoccurring uh, that uh, just they just talk about movies. It'd totally be up your alley, Sean, because a lot of the things that I can tell they watch are things that you and I are familiar with from working in a video store. You know, it's the things on the mm. shelf that you picked up and threw in because what is this? You know, and had it playing in the background and went, okay, that's a wacky film. I think the one I listened to was uh, they they reviewed uh, or talked about. I didn't really review it, but they talked about um, uh, 
Teen Witch from 1989. So. Oh, I think I kind of sort of remember. Teen yeah, Witch. yeah. I, the only reason I knew of <laughs> it of was of. <laughs> the only reason I knew of it was because it sat on the video shelves at uh, Movie Magic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever watched it all the way through, but what was the name of it again? It's called Video Junkyard Podcast. Video Junkyard Podcast. I'll have to give it a listen. That's it. That's all I had. Shall we move on to our reviews? Looming through the flames with his serpent's eyes and cruel smile, the haunter of my dreams approaches, as I knew he always would. My poor dear child. You really should never have meddled with things you don't understand. From Big Finish Productions, Master. It seems we experienced some kind of temporal distortion on our test run. You mean you affected time? I want to show you something. What? Everything. God, something's I, coming I, through! I, I, I'm here. Well, this place hasn't seen visitors in a while. If I were her, I'd be ready to kill. I wish you to receive us as friends. I can only imagine how you treat your enemies. I have no enemies, Chancellor. No one would be stupid enough to make an enemy of me. A compact flyer is taking off with two people aboard. Okay, different tactic. Targeting engine units. Target prosecuted. No fatality. Flyer descending at a 22 degree angle. 46 meters per second. Chance of survival, 82%. Don't blind me with science, Artie. Power output at 4%. Autopilot failed. Okay, transferring to manual controls. Look for bank. We can't crash there. Big finish. We love stories. Attention Earth authorities. We have returned. Do not resist. I'll have to give them the bad news. Their position is taken. Daleks! The Daleks are back! Don't worry, Lila. I've met Daleks before, and I can't wait to catch up. Master Faustian. Drake Enterprises is the most powerful company on Earth. Dr. Lila Krieg is its most valued asset, but her experiments open a doorway in which allow an evil back into the universe. The Master can offer Lila the world so long as she obeys him. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I really, really... I, I didn't expect to like this as much as I do. Um, it wasn't that I went into it negative and thought, oh, I'm not going to like these stories because it's Eric Roberts or anything like that, because I've always enjoyed Eric Roberts in the movie as the master. But I wasn't quite sure how you can prop up an entire story surrounded by that particular character when you don't have the doctor involved and you don't have any of the other characters involved. So I kind of wondered because it goes into it interestingly enough without a protagonist. And by that I mean I the gal that is the the doing running the experiments and ends up being influenced by him to to pull him out of the vortex. She's set up to be our protagonist, but she's not a good person by any means because <laughs> she ends up being a you know uh, for all intents and purposes a uh, uh, a companion 
to the master in this particular story. So I think she's yeah she's she's somewhat likable, but she doesn't have any redeeming qualities. I think until much later, which I'm glad that that this is a three part box set because I think her story arc becomes comes full circle enough that she does get some re- redemption. But she's likable enough in this story that you kind of sympathize with her motivations for doing this. I agree. I was not, uh, I was totally not for sure where Lila was, what, what, what side of the heroes, uh, that she, her bread and butter was on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's totally fine, you know, with, oh, we're an evil character. Okay. I can get behind that. I, I don't necessarily need a, uh, you know, a goody two shoes as it were. But having her be the audience surrogate for what's going on, it, it seemed like an, an interesting, uh, is this going to work? And are we going to be playing the waiting game of how long before the master turns on her? Right, or right. Or is she going to wind up being <laughs> the actual companion? <laughs> right, right. So there, there were a lot of interesting twists and turns to that that uh, that could have gone either way, I think. Yeah. Well, and overall, I mean, the box set does a nice job of not to- not stepping over that line of making the master the hero. Yes, absolutely. Or making him sympathetic even at all. Yeah. Like most stories that puts the villain as front and center wants to do. So they do a good job of still telling a compelling story without having a character that you're supposed to root for. Right. And I think that's why kind of in the back of your head, you are, she is likable enough to still say, okay, she is our protagonist, even though she's not, she is following him. She is helping him uh, because they have set the master up not to be the protagonist in this story, even though, as you said, he's front and center. So I think that's why it works on, on a certain level. And especially in this first story, she seems she's motivated. She has these ambitions and these ideas that she wants to see fulfilled. And you can't really falter for that. And they don't not, you don't right now, you don't see those features or her goal as necessarily being evil. It's just a goal she has and a dream she wants to fulfill. And the master once he starts becoming involved is you can, can see her, see him as a means to an ends, how she can continue and learn more and pu- keep pushing project yellow brick and allow her to complete her goal. And she's just using kind of the master as a tool to go that way until it reaches kind of the end of the story where he uh, is able to assert more dominance over her. Yeah. Well, and it also helps that Magnus Drake, her original boss, is a bad guy as well. You don't have any sympathies for him whatsoever because he's not a likable guy. He's doing, you know, uh, malicious things as well. And so you already don't have a uh, 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 any sympathy for him or his, you know, henchwoman that's, you know, over her. So, yeah, yeah. Which I, I don't was it just me? Was anybody else slightly confused right off the bat with Karen Travers? Maybe, maybe <laughs> we've spent way too much time in the Lethbridge Stewart universe, yeah, but yeah. I was expecting to know this woman. No, yeah. I, I, I Catherine. Catherine Travers. Catherine. Yeah, or Catherine Travers. I that should be 
I don't know. I, I feel like Doctor Who companions should become favored nation status. Once once a <laughs> character's name has been used, you, it's off limits. You can't do it for anything else. And I know. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah, no, I don't care. <laughs> but I, I was kind of surprised, and that's the fun thing with Lila is that she starts off and she's actually a very likable character because everybody else around her is so smarmy and not yeah, likable, yeah. you know. That you're you're kind of on board with her, and when she goes into the board meeting, is all like, "Oh, are you upset over blah blah blah?" Well, you know, like, "Oh, you know, we could put that you know, rogue division. We could put that on coffee mugs, and <laughs> you know, it's just like I like her. You know, she's, yeah. she's got spunk. This is cool." But then, as the story progresses, and you find out the depths to which she has gone, it it kind of suddenly becomes a little more than just rogue division. It's a little more than just, oh, you're kind of that scientist that's doing whatever it takes. You're, 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 you yeah, no. Right. That's right. not cool. Well, and going, going back a little bit to, uh, Catherine Travers, considering that the story is set post Dalek invasion earth from the first Dr. Dalek invasion earth. I've, I also kind of assumed, well, this could be an actual descendant of yeah. Yeah. the Travers line. That's true. I wondered that too. And since it wasn't brought up, it was kind of just left to our imaginations as to whether or not that's actually a thing. Well, that's what I sort of wondered if maybe that was an unspoken thing by the, by the writer of this is that, well, I use this. And then if people tie that together in their head, you know, all the better. I think the other thing that um, this does well is you really kind of feel you like Eddie too. her, her, um, uh, cohort he's got some you know skeletons in his closet too and then there's a reason why he's also working for this organization but you like the guy because you know he's on her side he's doing these things and then he turns on her most of the way through this and you you're like oh now i don't like you anymore more but nice job because i didn't see that coming so you know that worked out yeah. well too it's good stuff uh should we move on to pray impossibly glamorous assassin vienna salvatore has a new target Crossing time and space, Vienna takes one final job to free her from this life. But when the Master is hunted through the slums and ganglands of London, the line is blurred between predator and prey. Uh, I'm torn on this one because uh, I... I love there, this a, one. <laughs> oh, I knew you would. I, I just love knew this one. This one... I, I, I knew this you would is, because of... I don't know why you don't like this one. This is Escape from New York, man. That's <laughs> why is, I don't like it. That's what I, I thought... And 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 it and it feels like Escape from New York. I mean, it it's it it has those same kind of trappings without actually borrowing too heavy from it. I mean, the the plot is not quite the same at all. But there are a lot of you can tell that it's very heavily inspired by Escape from New York. And I absolutely love Chase Masterson as Vienna. I I I am so looking forward to. When we reach in the main series, when we, I think it's the main line where she is introdu introduced, she's got a spinoff series of stuff. I'm so looking forward to going and listening to this because I thoroughly enjoy her as a character. The The bounty hunter with a conscious is such a, or assassin with a, with a conscious is such a great concept. I think that's, that's really interesting that she's got this core set of, you know, 
I, 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 yeah, sure, I'll go out and do a hit on somebody, but only if they really deserve it. You know, <laughs> so I, that's really good. And yeah. then pairing her up with the, that robot was just terrific. Their their banter, their 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 chemistry, their you know back and forth together was so much fun, and it, it kind of puts you know. The master in a situation where at this point you do feel a little bit for him because there are greater stakes against him. So you, while you don't elevate him so much to hero status, you do find yourself rooting for him to get out of this situation. And you even sort of find yourself rooting for him to get away from her at least for a while so that this you know situation can be resolved with these these gang lords and 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 what's going on in this you know uh, dilapidated part of the city which i think they said was notting hill right which i think is hilarious because it's not you know a a dilapidated place right now so um well see i I, I, I I, almost started rooting for vienna more than anything oh absolutely no i think that's that's who you're meant to root for in this yeah i do not especially once you learn more about her you know, her motivations and reasonings and how she operates. Right, right. I do not disagree with anything that you said um, for, for all of the same reasons. I love Chase Masterson. I thought she was a great character. I am 100% on board with more Vienna. Uh, once again, sorry, Keith, managed to do you a disservice by introducing you to something apparently at the end of the run. Didn't know. Uh, <laughs> my only excuse on that. But, um, yeah, more, more of her character, more of her would be great. Um, and we didn't really talk, I I don't think enough about Eric Roberts. Maybe we'll circle back to him. But one of the things with, with Faustian that I, I genuinely have come to love Eric Roberts master. And I think a large part of that obviously is through Dr. Who, the movie over and over and over and over and over again, uh, because it's such a unique take on it. And so I was very excited to listen to him come back to this. And he just wasn't really in the first episode quite enough for me. I was thrilled with what they did with him that, oh, this is how he gets out. That's cool. You know, cause we never get that excuse ever. It's just not something well, we're going to talk about. Well, oh, we killed him again. Okay. Let's well, we'll, we'll get there when, when we, we when we get to the end, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about coming out of the vortex, but go ahead. Um, but you know, just, okay, great. And then. He, he, you know, he, he's doing all the master stuff. He's whispering in her ear. He's promising her power. He's promising her this, he's, you know, and Lyle is such a smart cookie that she, I think really kind of goes toe to toe to him for a bit when, when she, she has does. Trapped yeah. in the, in finally, the field. Yeah. Finally in this story, she does. Yeah. And so, um, so there, there was that element that was great. And then he gets out and, you know, kind of becomes the master and then the, and then it ends. I was like, oh, okay. So then the second one starts and I'm looking forward to more, more of that. And right off the bat, there's been a time jump. He's had time to in, in, in Constance power and, and consolidate everything and be Magnus Drake. And, uh, he's given Lila kind of free run of the, the thing. Although she sure acts a lot more like a secretary, even though she bristled at that (laughs) when he called her that. Um, but, uh. Then it, it just, it turned into Escape from New York. And I went, really? <laughs> because, I, I mean, see, I okay. Th- I think had but... we stayed, though, along the way that it first sets up, there wouldn't have been a lot of room for action. I think that the writer would have felt, would have leaned too heavy into the mechanicians of, of everything happening and, and mechanicians. And I just don't think that, 
while I think that that is very much the master's M.O., I think we needed something to pull him out of that office setting and give him a put him in peril in such a way that he was going to have to escape. And as I said, give us something to allow us to root for him, at least in the very core of this particular story. And I'm with you, Sean. I think that there's not enough of him in the first one because I think Eric Roberts as the master, I've always thought Eric Roberts as the master did a fine job in the movie. He is fantastic. Every time he is speaking in this, he sounds like, number one, as as an actor, sounds like he's having a blast with the role. And number mm-hmm. two, he puts everything into it. It's not. It's not that you know. There, I think probably we're we're tainted by all of these behind the scenes stories about <laughs> Eric Roberts and how you know Hollywood star was was too good for you know lowly doctor and that kind of stuff and all you know putting people off for so many years and it's so refreshing to hear him come into this role and pick it up and have a lot of fun with it put every ounce of himself into it and really mold this version of the master even more than he was able to do in the movie and he is just a joy to listen to he is a joy to hate this character because he does it so good and he does it with so much passion and and uh just evil and smarminess and i love that it's exactly what the master needs to be and Despite the fact that he's bringing an American slant to it, he's still nailing that character, even in that way. And I I think it's terrific. And I agree. I think that there wasn't enough of him in the first one. But this one, I think, utilizes him pretty well. Yes and no. Uh, Once again, I don't disagree with you. I'm 100% on board with everything you just said. In fact, uh, it's interesting because there's a a, a special features at the end of the, the thing. And he kind of makes the comment about wanting to not play up the master quite as much as as in the movie that uh, that they wanted to, he, he wanted to make him a little more grounded and not be as campy and yet when i listen to this i i almost get the sense that he's still up there at the ceiling somewhere because he's having so much fun in fact he reminded me quite a bit of uh oh who's the character who's the bad guy in superman 3 robert vaughn yeah yeah he reminded me of robert vaughn in in that kind of just having so much fun being so over the top evil you know that he, he he was he was just a joy to listen to my problem is that by doing the escape from new york and, and don't get me wrong we can you know doctor who you're going to borrow borrow from the best all right escape from new york's a great source material to to borrow from and in the confines of this story with it being post dalek invasion earth okay that that's a logical you know, they haven't quite got there. Different areas have fallen apart. I'm on board with that. I think it's much more interesting for a hero to be put in that situation. If the doctor and companion had fallen into that, the stakes are so much higher because they have to work around not only not being captured, not only not being killed and eaten, they have to get out and they have to do it without hurting people. And here we have the master who, well, I kind of, even though he didn't have any weapons and was kind of helpless, okay, that's an interesting slant, but he's too resourceful for me to really believe at any point in time that he's in danger because he's just going to start killing people with his bare hands at some point to get out. Yeah. And and, And here's the problem with putting a hero like the doctor in this sort of situation is then it becomes 
not the doctor trying to get out the doctor trying to fix everything right right agree right because he because it is the earth and it is the society so he's going to try to bring it back up to the status of what it should be as opposed to how it's fallen down and the master doesn't care about that he just yeah. wants to live and the story gives us some another more heroic person to sort of root for with vienna because she finds herself almost in the same situation as well she has to get out of this as well she's a little more bombastic about it and she's able to be a little more bombastic about it because she's armed but um armed with an explosive robot but it it's <laughs> it, it does give us that and i think that i agree with keith i think the doctor in this situation would have been the doctor trying to fix it and not escape putting the master in it who has to be very resourceful with his uh, uh thinking and the way that he's you know his he's manipulating his way out of this or talking his way out of it and then chase not chase uh, vienna uh you know having to kind of muscle her way out of this situation i i, I think it works and i think that both of those characters are two characters that you can still sort of root for but they have the means and the ability to be put in this situation and not compromise any sort of uh, you know, character or morals or, or core, you know, core character of them. So I, I yeah, that's yeah. why I think it works. Well, and yes to Vienna, she is much more of a sympathetic character for us to follow along with. Um, the fact that she's an assassin and has a killer robot is kind of like, well, okay, you know, you're running low on ammo, but the, the deck is still kind of stacked in your favor because I firmly believe that even with her, I'm not going to take out a contract unless I know for sure this is somebody worth killing. But if her own life is in danger, oh, I absolutely. have no doubt that Vienna's no, going to pop somebody. Absolutely, or and I don't think I, I don't think she makes it. Uh, uh, I don't think she makes a secret of that. I think it's yeah. the in self defense or survival. I think anybody's going to do that. But so it, I, it, you it, can't it fault her. The dynamic for me of no, it just changes the dynamic for me of the character interactions within this danger zone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not worried about the master. I'm not worried about Vienna. I'm not worried about the robot. I am worried about Lila. Yeah, because she does not necessarily have that killer instinct. At least that's been established yet, and she has become very reliant upon the master. And so when they get into trouble, and we meet up with the King Slug, whatever his name was, um. You know, the master reverts back to M.O. He's very charming. He's very suave. And, oh, you want her? Okay. Kill her. Sorry, dear. You know, I just... And it's, well, you know, but it, completely I, I feel like his... it neutered Lila in a way. Oh, but completely... Because her, it... her character was so strong in the first one. See, but and I... such a backseat in this one. I think that's what I liked about this because it didn't change the character of the master. Because I completely expected the master to throw her and turn on her at some point. Throw oh, yeah. her under the bus. I completely expected that. And so it was interesting to see how she reacted to that because she didn't expect that to happen. And so I think that's what made that even more interesting is with how to see how that plays out and how she reacted to that. And I, that's what I thought was well done about this. Well, and that's just and that also we, we knew sets that up her turn out. later. It, it also sets up her turn later in the next story. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It gives, yeah, does no, give I mean, we, we know that turn's coming. We yeah. know that he has to betray her in order for her to get to that, oh, maybe you're not the person that I thought you were, or, right. you know. that yeah. we, we knew that had to come there. I just wish it hadn't maybe happened so soon in the box set that we'd gotten it, you know, a little later in the round, or that she'd be given a little more evidence of things that were to come. But, again, that's just me. I, d I just feel like Escape from New York was kind of like, eh, okay. 
I don't know. I think we've been talking a lot over <laughs> each other. What are your thoughts? On I think that no, but I think let me. Well, I'll just say one more time. I think that term comes in the right spot because the next story has to. We have to focus on. Well, another thing's brought into play, which I kind of disagree with, but we have to focus on other things. And so I think the motivation, or the 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 turning and giving her the motivation to do what she does later, I think needed to happen this early because a lot has to happen to finish this stuff up, but we'll, we'll get there. Go ahead, Keith. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I've agreed with most of what Glenn said. The only thing that I kind of bumped on was the trolls and the sewers. I didn't really <laughs> care for that part. I thought that was a little bit too big of a stretch and too bit too, a little too much Liberty taken with kind of what we know of post Dalek invasion earth. Other than that, I had a lot of fun with the story and thought it was, uh, a, a, a fun jaunt. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to Vengeance. The Daleks are returning. Their plan, long in the making, is complete. Earth will be theirs once more. But someone stands against them. Someone with its own reasons for revenge. And Vienna and Lila are caught in the crossfire. Because the Earth's greatest hope against the Daleks lies with the Master. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Only <Yeah>. because... <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts, Eric Roberts still shines in this. Uh, Vienna still shines in this, and the Daleks show back up. And I think, with good reason, you could have easily said, "Oh, come on!" You're just, it seems like everything that they've been doing this last year has had the Daleks in it. But it works for this, especially because of his it, it because it's so recent since the invasion, and uh, uh, you know uh, from invasion of the Daleks, and because of the Master's history with the Daleks. And the fact that there's this, basically this prosecutor that is chasing him down because he was able to escape his fate during his trial, you know? So I, 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 I like that. It worked really well. That was once they kind of introduced the litigator and litigator, uh, you, you kind of connected the idea that, oh, this is the Dalek that put him on trial and was supposed to execute him and he escapes i wanted more of the two of them or just more diving into okay how did all of that come into play etc etc and i didn't feel like i got enough of it well that's because unfortunately we decide to pull a random thing out of the hat with magnus drake showing back up after after he had now now they they explain why but after he had been completely mutilated and eaten by the sharks in that tank in the first end of the first story i thought okay how are they gonna do this i should have known better i should have known oh well of course clones but i just i thought how are we gonna do this and his presence in this while i think it works for the story and it works for maybe sort of a way to have a reason for the daleks to come back it just felt like it got in the way of, as you were saying, Keith, more of that uh, interaction between the master and the litigator. I think we could have had more of that. The showdown between them could have been better. I think that, unfortunately, the Magnus Drake's device gets in the way a little bit of that. Yeah. 100% agree. My, my initial thought was, oh, there's a big ship coming in. I was like, oh, okay. And then we... we, we go to the break and we come back to this one and it's Daleks. And I was just like, <laughs> really? And you guys know me. I, I, I don't dig on the Daleks quite as much as Glenn does, but I don't hate them by any stretch. I am so tired of Dalek stories, <laughs> man. 
Really? There's so much going on. And then I stopped and I thought, oh, but wait a minute. This does give the master a chance at revenge. Okay, I can get on board with that. And then we introduce the litigator and it's like, oh, ooh, this is going to be good. And it wasn't. It, <laughs> it, it, it just, it just kind of laid there. We didn't get near enough of the litigator master face. I mean, the master yeah. running around with a giant ray gun and drones and defense shields. And yes, all of that's fantastic. Yeah, he can take pot shots at the Daleks all day long and I'll be absolutely. happy with that. I but sorta, we I didn't get enough of them together. I sort of kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, though, and the Daleks, you know, they use that uh, device that's been used for where the Dalek, uh, uh, Dalekadium armor would start to adapt to the mm. uh, device that's being used on them, the, the, any sort of armaments that's being used against them, it adapts and then is able to absorb or, you know, uh, basically thwart the, those. I was waiting for that to happen, and it never does. And I kind of wish that there had been something introduced, but I can't remember if there was something specific about this laser that I could kind of hand wave away and go, okay, well, we couldn't do it because of this, but I can't remember what it, what it might have been. I don't think there was. I don't think there yeah. was anything that was mentioned. And and like you, I kind of kept waiting for that shoe to drop because, you know, as the Daleks we've seen over and over again, anytime there's something new, they just kind of roll back into their ship and go, okay, yeah, yeah, figure it out. Well, we're gonna we're gonna overcome this, but we we never quite got there, and so there wasn't enough of the Dalek and the Arbitrator. And then Magnus Drake shows back up, and it's like, okay, well that's an interesting twist. I didn't see it coming. Totally not necessary. Very. It, it added yet another character to an already stuffed story. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we still haven't resolved anything with, with Lila. We still haven't resolved anything with Vienna. The the shifting contracts now that the litigator takes over her contract and then Drake takes it back over and, you know, back and forth with that. It's like, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I didn't sign on to this assassin to listen to you guys negotiate terms. I, I, I want to see her kill somebody uh, or at least attempt to. And so the team up with all of them was great. That was a, a, okay, you know, this is interesting, but then it fell back into the, okay, we're just going to go back to what we, what we know, which is the master's going to betray people. And now Lila's betrayed him and teamed up with Vienna and, uh, the, there's Daleks and, uh, okay, then it's, then it's kind of over. And yeah. I, I was just like, oh, it just felt like such a wasted, I don't want to say wasted, just a, such a missed opportunity. Right to do more with yeah. this. So there's such a great setup, such a great beginning and, uh, and really just kind of, uh, I'm sorry, a mediocre middle yeah. and, uh, <laughs> uh, just, just kind of fizzled there at yeah. the end for me. Yeah. I just couldn't get behind it. I would agree. The other problem with bringing Drake back is it leads to a big bunch of in just info dumps of, well, here's right. how this is, how this happened previously and how right. we got to this point. And it's like, I don't really need to know all of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go through all the trouble to bring Eric Roberts in, let Eric Roberts carry the thing. Yeah. I, agree. I, I mean, yeah. let just any time that Eric Roberts is not on screen as it were doing mastery things is a waste of Eric Roberts talents. Yeah. Yeah. That's how good he was. And I, think, I just, I, and I think also that I think it needed to be Lila. That was the, the cause of the master going back into the vortex. I think that needed to happen because it brings the, the story full circle, but almost, even though she helps, it almost kind of cheapens 
Vienna's storyline because she doesn't have as much to do here at the end. And she hasn't necessarily, you know, finished her mission or what she was set out to do, even though we find out that she was actually hired by, well, she was hired by Magnus, right? Magnus Drake. Um, so it just via the well he, he well was that's right yeah you're right yeah exactly because the their litigator yeah because the lit- litigator is the one that actually was you know, behind all of this but um but but it almost feels like her story in this isn't finalized enough and so i think that we had to sacrifice that uh with the ending but again i think lila it was necessary for her to be the one that ends up sending him back into the vortex and this brings us back around to what you were saying about always wondered how he got out of the vortex well sadly enough but nice nicely done by big finish is the master's been back in other material this particular incarnation the master's been back in in, in other materials including um <laughs> audio stories uh that big finish has done uh, he he returns in Masterful, which is that anthology special release that came out earlier in the year. I don't know when that's set, so that might have not have been a problem. But he's definitely in Ravenous, which is one of the uh, Eighth Doctor storylines, and that does take place prior to this. Uh, I believe he's, he's also, also in one of the River he's Song. He's in Adari the River Song, yeah, yeah. and Adari, that one uh-huh. definitely takes place before this. So, but what I think Big Finish is craftedly done here is they. I think each time that they utilize this master they pluck him out of the vortex and then they tuck him back in there for for later but and what that does is no matter where you come on board and listen to these stories as you alluded to at the beginning of this you could come to this story without having heard the other stuff and thought oh that makes sense that he came from out of the vortex and you know that that's kind of how he got plucked out of there and it works on that level and to play you know kind of tucking back in there each time anywhere you come in and he comes out it makes sense because he's just being trapped to the vortex every time i think if i remember what i was reading right ravenous explains a little better where uh he is released from the eye of harmony and put into and and ends up ejected into the, the vortex i think it does a little better job of definitively saying this is how he escaped but Overall, Big Finish also any other uh, you know headcanon that anybody else has. It always seem this these always seem to kind of work with that, and I appreciate that Big Finish doesn't step on number one its own toes or the toes of anybody else that have ideas or have alluded to what happened to this master, this I version agree. of the master. Yeah, I thought that part was really cool because the Diary of River Song one also kind of touches on a little bit of how he likely survived i you know overall i think the box set i think eric roberts performance makes the box set as 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 weak as the last entry of this is and even for you know if if i were to agree with sean that the second story wasn't even as wasn't as strong uh, overall his performance in this makes this box set very enjoyable i think chase masterson as vienna also makes it a a a a win it gets it makes the whole set be high marks just her inclusion in the last two stories and um even lila the gal that played lila i really enjoyed her as well um i think you know i don't think she gets as much to do early on because she is fumbling around being the master's lackey 
for a better word, for lack of a better word. And so I don't think she gets enough to do to us really kind of understand her character, but I think we get enough of her motivations and, and she, the, the actress does a, a terrific job uh, that, that those three elements of it. And then uh, for me, two very strong stories and one kind of middle of the road story, uh, you know, make it, make it totally worth the set. I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed the, the entire box set. Uh, there are ups and downs throughout it, but that's going to tend to be with any other box sets. And yeah. I enjoyed the characters and the acting in it enough that I would, while I would enjoy a, a follow-up box set, I'd be a little disappointed that probably Lila or Vienna wouldn't be in it mm-hmm. because I liked the characters enough that I would want to kind of see them deal with the master again. But if there is another box set for Eric Roberts master, I would pick it up and listen to it right away yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and just to be clear i don't i don't want to give the impression that i did not like this because i did i had such a great time again largely for the same reasons that glenn has pointed out is that eric roberts is phenomenal uh chase masterson is fantastic uh the the gal that played lila um really crafted a, a, a somebody and i think that's probably where i'm most upset is just the fact that lila was such an interesting person once you gave me that backstory of her and where she was willing to go to see her dreams come true in the first one with this desire to, you know, this Project Yellow Book. And she was that resourceful and, uh, you know, willing to turn on people and, and um, you know, cover things up or be, have things covered up for her. Um, okay, yeah, where, where do we go from here? And what does this kind of individual do when paired with somebody as evil as the master who kind of has those same goals that to me was the bread and butter of the box set and i that's where i feel like we really unfortunately kind of kind of left off so that that's where my frustration comes from but everything else was just so much fun yeah and so great to listen to i uh i did like the fact also that big finish doesn't step on the toes of other uh, stories before by by mentioning the death war morphant, which is what that thing is that allowed him to escape death. We see that thing ooze, you know, out of the thing, and that's actually addressed in the eight eight doctors, which I think I reviewed that book years and years ago uh, on the show. But that was one of the things that I liked about the book was the fact that it gave an explanation for why or how he set up to do that before his trial and execution. And so them to verbally acknowledge that in this story, well, you know, kudos to Big Finish for saying, you know, not only are we adhering to uh, quote unquote canon or continuity uh, within the series, the TV series or within the movie, we're also, you know, acknowledging that there's this wealth of other materials out there that, and I, and I think they've done this before, but this was one of the ones that jumped out at me. It was like, oh yeah, we're, we're definitely going to name drop that as it was presented when it was set up. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. It made me wonder when the, because it's such just a, such a drop line when the litigator says it, it made me wonder, okay, there's some history there that I need to go investigate because <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've not heard that term before. Yeah. The eight, yeah. The eight doctors. That's the, it's the first eighth doctor adventure, uh, during the wilderness years. So cool. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, we have a couple of fun things. Starting with, uh, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you probably saw a little blurb about how to win a book. Get your hands on a copy of Sarah Jane Smith, Roving Reporter. 
Uh, this is uh, courtesy of our friends over at Pencil Tip Publishing. And uh, let me tell you guys, we are going to be reviewing this in two weeks. And uh, you should be very, very excited. This is three. I have it in my hands now. This is 300 pages of awesome. Yeah. Okay. It, it's got short stories. It's got some essays. It's got a foreword uh, by Sadie Miller, um, Elizabeth uh, Sladen's daughter. Uh-huh. I blanked on her name. I cannot believe I did that. <laughs> Um, it's got some illustrations. Uh, it, it is just, uh, I can't wait to dive into this and, uh, and, and, and review it. And if you would like to have a copy, they were kind enough to send us one to give away. So here's how we're going to do it. You can reach out to us through any of our, our, our means where you're on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, message us on Facebook, uh, or in the, the, the viewers, uh, or listeners, uh, forum. Uh, or send us an email to feedback at travelingthevortex.com and tell us your favorite Sarah Jane memory. She's everybody's favorite companion. You know, I'm just going to use that as a blanket term. Uh, but but what what is what is your favorite? Not necessarily your favorite story. I mean, you can tell us that too. It's not like we're not going to you know be interested in reading that. But what what's your favorite Sarah Jane moment? What's your favorite memory of Sarah Jane? Uh, the companion, just how all the years of awesome uh, that she gave us, and then hashtag it with SJS book giveaway. And then what we will do is we will take, you have one week to do this now or well until our next show. Now you, have, since, you have, you have two weeks to do it cause we'll be doing fury next fury. Of the, fury right. Of but the we'll, what we'll do is we'll give, we'll, we'll draw some. Oh, I see. Yeah. The next pool. week. Yeah, you're right. Gotcha. Next week when we review fury from the deep and then rush the book out to them so that hopefully they will have it for when we review the book the there following week. Yeah. Sorry about so, that. So you've got you've got roughly a week uh, to to get that information into us, and we will remind everybody on on social media as well. So if you didn't listen to us, even though I told you to listen to us, we'll give you another chance. <laughs> um, but uh, looking forward to it uh, immensely, and uh, so that kind of is is that. But yeah, as uh, as implied by that description, next week we are doing uh, the animated reconstruction of Fury from the Deep, the second Doctor story. Looking forward to that too. Uh, and then the following week we are reviewing Sarah Jane Smith roving reporter. So hopefully you'll have had a chance and gotten your copy by then so that you can read along with us. And then, uh, two weeks in a row, we return to time Lord victorious. We're going to cover the final audio adventures that came out echoes of extinction. Uh, and then, uh, we'll kind of give, uh, the, 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 the piecemeal mop up, uh, with, with any of the, the things that are left over. And uh, our overall thoughts on that story arc. So good stuff coming up. And I do want to mention a few months out, we'll be revisiting another Lost in Time. In fact, uh, if all things go well, we'll be recording this on my birthday, uh, June 21st. Uh, But we want to know what you think we should do next for our next Lost in Time uh, uh, episode. So there are some choices on uh, actually everything that we have not done yet is on our Facebook page. It is also on travelingthevortex.com. And you can uh, look at the poll there, any of these, either of those places, and uh, submit your vote. Uh, your choices are the Space Pirates, Marco Polo, the Savages, the Smugglers, and Evil of, Evil of the Daleks. And uh, so you give us uh, your choice on those. I notice on the website right now, uh, the Space Pirates is uh, in the lead. And over on Facebook, there's actually two polls on Facebook that you can utilize. You can utilize the one in the listeners poll, uh, listeners forum, and you can also use the one on our main page. Uh, they'll all be tallied together. So uh, vote, you know, early and vote often. 
And uh, <laughs> so I think, there, what you're saying is there is an opportunity I, to skew the vote by voting in all of all the of the polls. polls. Yes, there yes, absolutely is. However, places. you can only vote one time in each poll. So if you uh, vote for the same thing, you're across, all the way across the board. You're just going to end up, you know, basically equally in your vo vote out anyway. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. You can vote in all three. Um, and uh, but yeah, are we not there. adding them all together? <laughs> well, yeah, we are, but yeah, it, we will. I'm just so saying. So a vote for each poll is three votes for that thing that you want. Right there, you go. That's 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 sweet. That's okay, much better said. <laughs> much better said. Yes. Um. So yeah, be sure you uh let your voice be heard, and uh, we'll decide. We'll let you know. That's still about two months. Uh, about a month, full month out, a little more than a month out. So we'll know before then. Uh, I think that is all I had. Uh, be sure to check out the website for updates and that poll. And if you get any value out of this podcast, consider putting some value back into it. You can do that by clicking on our patron link and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast, specifically Apple uh, Podcasts. Uh, does, uh, does a lot for us as far as bumping us up in the, uh, the uh, ratings. And then make sure you join the, the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook and engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights. And anything else we need to touch on before we close the show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Happy birthday, Doctor Who the movie. Don't forget to dress for the occasion. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.